Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronis, how, how toasty is it by you today? Oh, it's very toasty. Uh, we are cooking right now with a temperature of uh, 15 degrees or so. Now, did the slumlord in your house, a.k.a. you, turn on the heat? Yeah, I did. There's always a breaking point, And, you know, 25, <laughs> 15 degrees 30, is it. Yeah, 25, 30 degrees. <laughs> you don't need heat. Like, come on. But once you start getting into the single digits and it's real windy, yeah, it's time to turn on the heat. And I know people in the middle of the country, it's even worse. What is like negative 40, negative 50 in some parts right now? It's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, you can't even walk outside your house. But now, do you have carpet in your whole house? Uh, Most of it. Now, when you walk into the bathroom, is the tile cold? I don't notice it. I know you mentioned that with your lofty uh, 50 degree temperature. Oh, the yeah. When you cold. walk in at night, oh my god, it's I don't, so cold. I, I don't notice it. Maybe because my feet are just so cold all the time that it doesn't make a difference. But yeah, I've never noticed it. I've never said, "Oh, uh, my girlfriend has mentioned it though." So okay, so then it, it's the case. But if you, as you get older, Ronis, you start to make frequent trips to the bathroom at night. And then when you go, you're like, "Oh my god, it's so cold." Because the house is like, uh, you know, if you don't have the heat on, that's that's one of the places you feel it the most. Uh, again, I haven't noticed it yet, but uh, now you probably have brought it to my attention, and uh, it'll be more on my mind. And then one day I was like, "Yeah, these tiles are cold." So, have you ever been to the Super Bowl before? No, I have never been to the Super Bowl game. Uh, I'm kind of mixed. Like, I, look, would I go? Absolutely, especially if I was given a ticket somehow. Uh, you know, we some people don't like it because of the crowd. It's uh, more, uh, I would think, of not many diehard fans, and it's more an event, and you want to be seen there, and it's a lot of famous people, and it's just to say, yeah, I was at the Super Bowl, and you don't get the diehard fans as you would in a home game in a conference championship, but I certainly would like to go, especially if my team is in it, but it's a Cowboys fans. I haven't seen them in a Super Bowl in a long time. <laughs> I'd like to go. Our guest at 220, Doc Jess Flynn, she's going for the first time to the two Atlanta. She's very excited. I, I think I'm jealous. I'd like to see, look, one Super Bowl, but I'd like to see a team that I care about. Yeah, I would like to be at least at one Super Bowl as well. It's, I think it's a completely different if your team is there. Uh, there's a major rooting interest, and you really have a passion for the game. We're excited to watch any Super Bowl, but you would definitely not have the same intensity being out for a Patriots-Rams game as opposed for you, Patriots-Giants, or for me, right. Patriots-Cowboys. It would be completely different. 
It is. I mean, because I, I think, look, I, I appreciate football. I like the game. But, you know, it's, it's always better when, you're, when your team is there. But I, I was thinking of you earlier. Uh, one of my old students called me today, and he's a diehard Eagles fan. And he was talking to me about some things. And I said, dude, I thought about you when the Eagles lost. He goes, let me just say this. I can live off last year's Super Bowl for years. Remember how we talked about that earlier? He's, he, I don't think he was expecting a Super Bowl championship in the next 20 years. When he got that, do you feel that's acceptable for like a fan to say, look, I got my championship. I'm good for a while. Yeah, unless you're a Patriots fan. Uh, not, right. It's like I'm good lose, for about six months. If they and I lose now, one. it's like we lost twice in the last three years, and the one win they had was an epic, historic come from behind. That was brutal too. That at Atlanta game because I thought Atlanta was going to win that game. Oh my god, they were killing them. They're no, killing but them. I I picked Atlanta before the game, and I'm like, wow, look at this now. This is money in the bag. And then I was like, <laughs> no way. Are you kidding me? Of all the epic comebacks, yeah. But, but yeah, we, I think, can we agree? Can we agree that the Patriots didn't win that Super Bowl as much as Atlanta lost it? I see what you're saying, but the Patriots still had to make a lot of plays. You right, know, but you're think, up by twenty something. You you gotta shut that game out. No, down. you do. You do. I agree. To me, I don't know if it's the most epic choke job ever. It's right up there because it's oh, one dude, game. it's it's the most. Well, epic the Red in Sox Yankees three zero. That's no, but pretty I'm bad. Talking that, but that's not Super. That wasn't the World Series. This is a Super yep. Bowl. This still is worse like, than that. Uh that's, a, that's the AL Championship Series. But it's never been done. 3-0 and... The well, the history. crazy thing is, do you remember the score of Game 3 in that series? 19-8? Yeah, something ridiculous like that. You would have thought the Yankees would just crushed it. That's and what there's I'm no saying. way the Red like, Sox It was like win. everyone buried them. I wonder what, what the odds were at that point if you had taken the Red Sox to win the series. It had to be like <laughs> plus uh, 10,000. Imagine that. Like, just no one would have put money on that, knowing the whole right. history. Uh, obviously, it would be a big topic today with gambling becoming legal in many states and more to come. But yeah, I, agree I, I do with think the, whole... the Falcons' loss is worse, though. I do. No, it was bad, man. Because remember, they could have run the clock out a little bit more. Instead, they were passing. I remember know. that? The yeah, late, he threw an interception, in, right? And he yeah, got sacked like, or whatever it was. So, but like they need the thing is the Patriots needed like A, B, C, D, E, and F to happen, and they all did. <laughs> they <Right>. all did. <laughs> Like that, oh, I don't, I, I don't know how you ever come back from that. That, that was brutal. I mean, you're Matt Ryan. Do you think you're ever going to get to a Super Bowl again? And if so, do you think you have a chance to win it? I don't know. That's as close. How do you get closer to that? That's as close as you're going to get. It could be. They might not even taste that ever again. And that has got to sit and linger with them for a long time. Uh, that whole off season for me, if I was a Falcons player, would be just depressing because. Is that, wor- wait, is that worse than the one where Seattle loses by Russell Wilson throwing the interception on the one-yard line? That was bad, too. All you got to do is get literally hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, they're both bad, but the Atlanta one's worse because you have such a huge lead. You are in control of the game, and you know, you'll know think back, and you're like, well, if we made this one play, the game could have been over. Isn't it amazing how football games come down to one play? Like the D Ford offsides. Game would have been over. Yeah, it and that's the the thing, and you know it could be that way in this Super Bowl too, with the Patriots tending to play a lot of close games in the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think any of the deficits have been larger than eight. Most of the games are three points or less, so I think the same thing could happen. But back to your point about that Eagles fan, yeah, I mean if you're an Eagles fan, last year should last you a while. I know it's easy to say that, and you know you get caught up in the moment because next year if they're competitive, in line for the division, you're gonna want that win. But that was just an epic Super Bowl run. 
even though they were the top seed, they were the underdog in every single game. And for them to come out and win the way they did with Nick Foles and beating the Patriots, I mean, that's epic. That's something Big, that— Bigger that's, shock, Foles winning or Jeff Hostetler winning? Foles. Because Foles, remember, he didn't play great in December when he took over as the starter. He wasn't good. Right. Hostetler at least had a few good games. The and Giants. Belichick, yeah. two weeks to prepare? Yeah, at least the that's Giants true. had a really good defense. Right. Really good defense. So, you know, that you say, okay, you know, it's like the Trent Dilfer. You know, just don't make a mistake, manage the game, and let the defense take care of the rest. Foles you know, Trent couldn't do that. Foles bad, had to gets, win the game. He did have to win the game. Trent Dilfer gets a bad rap. He really was not a bad quarterback. No, Very he wasn't, but, team. like, he's not a guy that, you know, had to light it up or, you know, they, they were, that defense was so dominant that he didn't need to do much. They scored which was 39 smart. points in that Super Bowl. And... What uh, wasn't one was a was that the over under was covered by the end of the first quarter? Yeah, I think I won a Super Bowl box on that seven zero after the first quarter. I remember that it was a it was a very high scoring game in that game. Everybody thought it was going to be under. It was like over under was thirty four because the two great defenses and it went over like in the first half. Yeah, I don't know. I think that the uh, I'm going to. I mean, maybe we can talk about this tomorrow. I'm sure we will. I I just you know how I'm very big on the pathway, Ronas. I see the pathway for victory for the Rams. I see it. I don't see a Patriot pathway. And I know that sounds ridiculous to say. I don't see how the Patriots stop the run. And I think the Rams can stop the Patriots run. And you know how we always say Bill Belichick likes to take away the one thing the other team likes to do? Yeah. I don't, I don't know how he's going to take away that running game. I don't see it. So you think Todd Gurley is healthy? Yes. I do. And I think Sean McVay has been babying him for the and playing CJ Anderson as long as CJ was playing well, you let him ride. But I, I didn't I, I I didn't have to overuse Gurley and I could still win. Well, okay. See, I completely disagree with that. How do you baby Todd Gurley last week when you're losing the game? And people That's keep true. saying CJ Anderson has been fine. He had 16 carries for 44 yards last week. How he was CJ Anderson playing no, well last week? But the, the Saints other, do have the best run defense in the NFL. So what? Saints run defense has been the best in the but, league. Okay, if your argument is, well, CJ Anderson was playing well, so we're going to go with him. 16 right. carries, 44 yards. How's that playing well? Wouldn't you say, you know what? Most, most guys get like 16 not, carries for 17 yards against the Saints. So That's actually it, pretty good. It's, it's still not playing well. It's not an argument in the pro C.J. Anderson camp. If you see that, you're like, wow, C.J. Anderson's just not getting any room. He's not breaking runs. I we think need Todd the guy Gurley who's explosive was, and get Gurley in there. 85 to 90% healthy, and now he had two more weeks to be healthy. Okay, but you easily, if the argument of, oh, we're going to baby Gurley and, you know, get him ready, well, they should have lost that game. So if that was your argument, then you look stupid after the game when you lose. No, that's true. I'll I'll give you that. I I just think Gurley is more ready than you think. Well, then if that's the case, and as we mentioned with player props, you should be taking the over on Gurley all over the place. I am. If I was in New Jersey, I would be. Well, you can Did you see the ways. Vegas Whispers thing that we that we sent out today? Yeah. Did you see my picks? Uh, I had yeah, Gurley, I, Gurley, sixty over sixty one rushing yards. First player to score TDD was Gurley. I Favorite think those numbers pop, are going Gurley. up depending on where you get it. I I've seen that they're higher, so and, I don't know if you can get the sixty one now. Did you see my MVP? Yeah, I stole my Greg Zerline. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, Greg Zerline, dude. I think it makes sense, but I, I couldn't it. put it. I couldn't put it as a pick, though, because then I you're telling. So wait. So okay. Here's I loved the it. thing. 
If it's people easy. go off, I'm, I'm not a genius. If not, whatever. It was nobody paying attention. Well, it depends. Now, here's the thing. When you do these, and I think we have to have accountability, it's easy to just give these out and then don't do any action on it. If you really had the opportunity to pluck down money on Greg Zerlin MVP, how much would you put down? How rich am I in general? Well, whatever. Am I, I talking mean, about like Scott Engel money or am I talking about, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of money are we talking about? <laughs> just uh, what, if you had the opportunity today to, to put it down, what would you put? 10, 20, 40. If I could, if I put down 10 to get $650 back, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Like to me, like, sure. 10 bucks what, easy. You're not losing. I mean, for most, I mean, everyone, 10 bucks is yeah, I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so, I would, I would put 10 bucks down on it. It's right. At 65 to one, I would. That's, that's good odds. So are you, you're waiting for this line to move. You would want it to move to see if you can get it at three, right? I would much sure, and I think you might. I think you might be able to get a three. I would wait. Yeah, because like there's the good. I think the actually the most action comes over the next few days. I believe right. is people are waiting. I look. I think that Wade Phillips is going to mix up looks, which Bob Sutton did not do. I think McVeigh is not going to be out coached. I think the Rams can run the football, and most importantly, Brady is a different player. And this team, this Patriots team, is a running team. And they want to run the football. And I really believe that this Rams defense is good enough to stop Sony Michelle and make them go now to. T- if, if they win this game, New England, it's going to be on Brady's arm, not Sony Michelle's legs. Uh, it's interesting because the Rams have actually performed well in the postseason against the run. They shut down Zeke and they limited the Saints rushing attack. But overall, for the course of the season, they were pretty bad against the run. So it could be, all right, they have everything intact now. Uh, everyone is healthy. And maybe that's the big difference. Because we saw a lot of big names on this defense. And I think for a good portion of the season, we were like, why is this defense not that good? I know they've had injuries and Tlaib was out. And especially in their secondary. Uh, but Aaron Donald. Mark, ba- Mark Barron was out for a while. Yeah, no, um, they've, they've had some injuries for sure. Gronk, and, uh, I think, is going to have a big game. Yeah, I actually put a few. So my my player to score first touchdown, I put Gronk at ten and yeah. one. Because I, yeah. I, I, I am, I've been saying it all year. I think Gronk's retiring now. I don't know because there's like a prop bet that will he announce his retirement before like midnight. I didn't. I, I don't feel that confident. He's gonna be partying at midnight, dude. Right. So I don't know if he's gonna announce a retirement right away. But there were just some comments from him that lead me to believe that he is going to retire. And it makes sense, especially if they win. Honestly, if you put your, yourself in the perspective of Gronkowski, 100% if they won the Super Bowl, I'd retire. 100%. I would retire. Yep. I mean, look, Brady's got two years left in him. I don't he think thinks, Gron- he thinks four. He wants to play till 45. All right, so let's give him three. I'll, I'll split the difference with you. That's nuts. I, I don't think Gronk has three years in his body. No. And I think right now he's still very marketable in Hollywood. He could make that pivot today. He goes and, and perches back. Something happens. I think you leave on a high, dude. And especially if you win, what do you need it anymore? I'm out of there. Yeah, his body has taken a beating. These back injuries go back to college. It's been a ton of injuries. He was talking today about uh, the pain that football players have to go through and how uh, everyone wants you to be ready to practice, you know, two days after a game. And you just got hit like 50 times. And you could see, like, it clearly has taken a, a toll. And the way he described it was completely true. And I think a lot of times people... We know it because we know what they go through. But I think the casual fan, oh, yeah, just go out there. You're hurt, banged up, toughen it up. No, you look, don't realize what these guys go through. 
he's made a lot of money in endorsements. He's he doesn't spend, of, and he hasn't spent a lot of his money. I think the endorsement. He only wears money. t-shirts. Well, you ever I see mean, this guy dress outside of the? You know, he's always wearing you know a hoodie or a t-shirt. I mean, I think this guy has has made a lot of money in endorsements. And ask yourself this: Are you telling me that he can't end up in the WWE twice a year at, at a match? You don't oh, think easy. he goes to to uh, Hollywood and gets into one or two movies with The Rock? I think this guy's got a career in front of him. He could do so many things. He's very. He's got that personality. I think people are drawn to him. He's funny. There's better than so Jason Witten. Jason Witten's terrible on TV, dude. And he's still making money. Right. So, I mean, you don't think Gronk could be, you know, in, could be on TV? I, I haven't really heard Witten that much. A lot of t- oh, Honestly, a lot terrible. of times I have the volume down. As well you should. Booger and Jason Witten could be the worst duo in the history of football. It's yeah, so and a bad. lot of people have said that. It's, and it's like, you know, Booger will say something like, Zach Ertz is becoming one of the best tight ends in football. Like, dude, where have you been the last? Yeah, he is the best tight end <laughs> like, in football. Have you where watched have you football the last <laughs> two, three years? Man? Yeah. I mean, like, he's been pretty good for a while now. Now, I give Joe Tessitore a lot of credit because he acts surprised when Witten says things. He's like, that's a good point. Like, he makes it seem like it's better than it is. But anybody who's been doing this when listens to Witten, you'd be like, this guy stinks. Yeah, and I guess Witten didn't have a lot of time to adjust either. So they kind of put him in a tough spot. Well, you wanted to market his name, right? Yeah, that's it. But not a lot of experience. We want to market your name, Adam Ronis. Let's do it. All right, when we come back, Doc Jess Flynn joins us. You know what she does? She does commentary and injury analysis at bostonsportsjournal.com. She knows all things Patriots. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fancy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fancy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fancy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fancy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back, Adam Ernest? I'm not quite sure. Oh, okay. Not quite sure that we're back, but we're back. And uh, hopefully we'll have Doc Flynn on with us very shortly. Ronis, what's going on at Scout Fantasy Sports? Well, if you subscribe now and you use the promo code BATS50, you'll get 50% off your first two months. Sean Childs continuing to do his in-depth team profiles. Going really deep on every single team. He's now currently in the AL West. AL East, AL Central is done. I'm taking a look at players that have changed teams and looking at their value. Yasiel Puig, uh, Sonny Gray. And my latest is a look at Whit Merrifield uh, discussing whether he's overvalued or not. I don't think he is. I think he's a good player. But let's talk about baseball in our next segment. Right now, let's get to our next guest, our good friend, Doc Jess Flynn from BostonSportsJournal.com. How have you been, Doc? I've been great. How about you guys? Doing wonderful. I heard you're going to your... Is this your first Super Bowl ever? It is. Very excited. 
Did Brady get you tickets? How'd you get? How'd you get? Oh him yeah, there? yeah. I just called him up. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen Doc Flint? She's on the field all the time, Ronis. Every time I see a picture of her on Twitter, she's on the field of, uh, at Gillette Stadium. Good spot to be in. So you got the hookup with Brady. I called him. He didn't answer me. Oh man, you must have the wrong number. <laughs> all right. So so talk to us here. We were just before break. We were talking about Tom Brady saying that he wanted to play five more years. I mean, is this? possible i mean we see so many guys who can't even make it to 30 what do you think he's doing that he can make it to 45 i mean it truly is incredible you know this year there there were this season there were a lot of you know people saying well is he falling off his cliff you know he's not he's not himself you know he doesn't look right he's, his throwing mechanics are off but i mean it was very clear to people who watch him closely that he was injured um and you know eventually that news broke but um, he really is playing just as well as he did, if not better in some ways. And I think a lot of that is economy. You know, he just, he really has been able to maximize his body um, through whatever his body work, but also his mechanics and his protection is pretty maximized right now. Um, and he's playing great. On the other side, how about Rob Gronkowski? You know, there's a lot of talk that he might retire at the end of this season. We know he's been banged up. He just not getting as many targets as he used to, you know, and he had a good game last week, but do you see Gronk potentially calling it quits at the end of this game? Yeah, you know, I think it makes sense for him to give it a little time after the season, but, you know, watching him closely this year and even last year a little bit, it won't surprise me if he does retire. You know, I mean, he's he's a talented guy. He's got, you know, a bright future ahead of him, and I would just... I would hate to see him not be able to enjoy time with his family and, and still be able to have fun without, you know, being in a lot of pain. He was definitely banged up. You know, I get to see him in the locker room after the game, and he, he definitely does not look himself. <laughs> Am I messing something out? Was that, was that Gronk in the locker room there, Adam? Was that I him? think so. I think Gronk was trying to pop in and say, hey, I'm good. I'm not retired. Man. What are you talking about? He definitely is playing great this season, but you see him a lot more in a blocking role. And he's able to block unbelievably well for a guy who has chronic back issues. But you're right, he's just not got that same explosion off the line that he used to. All right, Dr. Finn, let's talk about Sony Michelle. I mean, I think this guy has been an offensive catalyst for the Patriots this year and perhaps one of the reasons why they're in the Super Bowl. But this guy's got some has some knee injuries in the past in, in Georgia earlier this season. Is this a type of injury that the Patriots need to be worried about on a week-to-week basis? I mean, where do you think Michelle is in terms of this year and then maybe moving forward? If you had asked me this in the preseason, I would have had a very different answer. You know, I think the Patriots training staff and medical staff really had to make a pretty ballsy decision at the beginning of the year because you could tell in, in the preseason, you know, Michelle just wasn't himself. He was having a lot of problems with his knee. He was missing some time, not as productive. And they decided to pull him. And, you know, he had some sort of procedure. A lot of us think it was probably a scope. But he at least had the knee drained and maybe had some injections. We know that he has likely some arthritis in that knee. You know, he tore his ACL back in high school. He, um, and, that, and that's quite some time to allow some arthritis to develop. And, you know, there was some, some word at the draft that he had bone-on-bone arthritis in that knee. So, Clearly, there is some sort of a degenerative process, but the amazing thing that this team's been able to do is they've made him better throughout the year, and I just didn't think it was possible. 
So I think he's played better and better as time has gone on. Um, he's clearly getting a lot of playing time now. And it is something that will have to be managed, but they've been managing it very, very well. Adam, I have a follow-up question here. My wife and I were discussing this. If you have arthritis in your knee, does that mean it will move to somewhere else in your body? Will I have it in my shoulder, or could it just be stayed local in one spot? It's a great question. Patients ask me that all the time. So there are a couple different kinds of arthritis. So the inflammatory arthritis, like rheumatoid arthritis, yes, that could spread around. But this type of arthritis is mechanical. It's really just wearing away of the cartilage from wear and tear on the joint. And that's not something you're going to see move from joint to joint. Now, based on what you were describing with Sony Michelle, and I think if there are people playing in Dynasty Leagues here that they probably have some concern long term. Is there worry for Sony Michelle over the next two, three, four years based on what you know? There is, you know, and, and again, I don't know anything because I can't, I don't treat any of these guys. That's why I can talk to you about them. But if he does have some arthritis in his knee, which, you know, you can expect after an ACL reconstruction years ago, um, that is something that will have to be managed throughout his career and could be a concern. You know, I talked about this last year in the preseason because I let my son take him on his fantasy team and I knew it was a risk, but it was a risk that ended up paying off later in the season. Let's talk about Rex Burkhead. He was out for a better part of the season, but he's come back rather healthy, looked pretty great in the last game with the winning touchdown. Is a, but he's had a lot of injuries throughout his career. Is he another person that the Patriots are worried about, or do you think that between Michelle and Burkhead, somebody will end up being healthy each week? I mean, that is a pretty strong running back group, but you know, with Burkhead, he was officially on IR for neck issues, but you know, the word around town was more that there were some concussion issues. Um, so we don't know for sure, but he clearly has looked great since he's been back. And it, let's say it was, you know, concussion issues and not actually the neck. You know, if he's doing well, then hopefully that won't be an issue going forward. He just needed an extended time to fully recover from his symptoms. You know, the Patriots have talked a little bit recently about being the underdog and people not believing them. And I think people outside of New England have a hard time digesting that considering they were a favorite against the Chargers. And yes, they were an underdog last week, but only by three. So basically they were saving it was an even game because it was in Kansas City. This week they are favorites going into the Super Bowl. Is there a feeling in New England that people have been doubting this team and pre- maybe prematurely burying this team saying they're done? So I would say a lot of that is probably coming from more the local media up in New England. So if you live around here and you root for the Patriots, you heard a lot of negativity. And there are definitely a lot of fans early in the season saying, I'm just not sure this team has it. And then when Brady was injured and just couldn't even move in the pocket, was you know hearing ghosts. Um, and they were really concerned about it. So I do think that was truly the feeling around New England. Um, and I think the Patriots heard that. We're talking to Dr. Jess Flynn from the BostonSportsJournal.com. She does a lot of NFL injury commentary on NBC Sports in Boston. And she will be attending her first Super Bowl. So where are we sitting? Do we have good seats? So please tell me they're not obstructed seats like they were in Texas Stadium. (laughs) They are not obstructed seats. I can tell you that for sure. So, yes, there are some pretty good seats. I'm bringing my husband to the game. We're pretty excited about it. Uh, Visiting some family down in Atlanta while we're there, too. And the kids don't go? Oh, no. And they're very, very upset about it. So please do not mention it to them if you see them. Oh, my God. I'm tweeting them right now. I'm texting them right now. Uh, how, what is your, out, your take on Todd Gurley? You know, there's been a lot of talk. Some people think he's injured. Others don't. 
Uh, I know he's not on the injury report. Gurley claims that it was just a bad game. Has there been anything that you've seen or know that would lead you to think, yeah, you know, the knee is still bothering him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he clearly his knee was bothering him in December, and we're not that far removed from December, and he has, you know, he has a history, an injury history with that knee. So I'm sure that that is playing into this a bit, but, um, you know, I suspect, you know, it sounds like it was more of an inflammation where they wanted him to rest to make him sort of be able to go deep into the playoffs that they could make a run. And, and I think that will pay off um, because it does sound like he's able to practice a lot more. Yeah, we didn't see many snaps or much production out of him um, last game, but, but I do expect him to sort of be full force. I mean, the problem is they've got this great backup running back who's, who's just playing out of his mind. So, you know, I do think there is something to it being more game plan than injury at this point. And I would expect to see him, his, him normal self. What injuries do you think that uh, over the coming years that we can expect to see from football players that are different than the ones we've seen in the past? You know, obviously we've seen ACLs and MCLs. Do you think that there are certain injuries that will pop up the way, now that we work out more and different diets and how strong these guys are, do you think that there are different ailments that, that could happen in the coming years? Well, I think, you know, there might not be the development of different ailments, but I, I think the biggest thing we're seeing is that athletes are getting stronger um, as sort of the, the athletic training arena is kind of growing and the science is growing of how to make athletes stronger, faster. The playing surfaces are getting faster. Athletes are able to really change direction much more quickly and be more explosive. And the, the issue there is that their anatomy is staying the same. You know, their tendons are still the same size. Their ligaments are still the same size. So I think we're starting to see more ligament issues, again, because these playing surfaces are less forgiving, um, and the athletes are able to explode and really stress their tissues much, much more easily. Um, I think you're seeing the same thing with sort of Achilles tendon issues. Um, you can see more Achilles ruptures as athletes do get more explosive and stronger, but also as they're able to extend their careers a little bit longer, um, that gives more time for degeneration in the tendon. and and makes them more likely to tear. We've seen teams and the NFL become more conscious of concussions. We've seen several times this year players, any type of hit, referees saying he's got to leave the game, has to get examined. Have they done a good job of increasing this awareness, and is it working, in your opinion? I do think so. I think they're, they're working hard. You know, I certainly don't think it's at perfection yet, you know, um, but I think they have an excellent team of spotters. Who are, who are really very good at their job. Um, and, I, and I think it's now more acceptable for, I mean, you can put in this program, you can have these great athletic trainers and docs up in the booth watching the game, watching video and replay. But if they don't feel confident enough that they can talk directly to the ref and pull, you know, a high-powered player out in an important game, then I think that's where things break down. And I, I think we're starting to see those calls more and more. Um, so I do think it's moving in the right direction. That being said, I do get a little bit frustrated sometimes when we talk about helmets as being kind of the big thing that's going to change this. Because the issue, helmets, the job of a helmet is really to absorb impact. It's to prevent the skull from cracking. It's not going to prevent the neck from whipping the head and the brain from sort of juggling around inside the skull and causing bruising or bleeding. Um, so, you know, I think a lot of research needs to be done, but it's the helmet is not going to be the answer. 
So when you and I were, were messaging yesterday, you said something that was very interesting, that the Patriots seem to have gotten healthier as the year went on. What do you think, how do you think that happens? The Patriots tend to play better defense as the year goes on. They get healthier as the year goes on. When other teams seem to be fading, the Patriots seem to be thriving. And it's not just at one year. It happens every year. What do you think the Patriots do differently? I think there's a lot. I mean, you hear this all the time, but there really is an attention to detail that uh, it's just it's remarkable. Um, I feel like this year is a little different. I feel like it's even amplified. Um, yes, they had a lot of patients on IR, a lot of athletes on IR, you know, early in the season. But the athletes who had pretty big issues. So if you look, Edelman, you know, he just came back from an ACL reconstruction, was clearly dealing with some sort of a foot injury through the early season. Now look at him. I mean, you never see him coming up lame. He's, he's quick. He's making good, sharp cuts. He looks great. You know, Burkhead, they put him on IR. Sony Michelle, I mean, he couldn't even run in the preseason. And now look at him. Um, and then, of course, Brady, you know, had an MCL injury and was able to manage it and now is able to move. And, and you're not seeing that same fear, although his offensive line's doing, you know, an even better job at this point. So certainly some of it's luck, but I really think that that training staff, that medical staff, there's a lot of attention to detail early in the season, and they're not afraid to treat a player early in the season and, and limit them a bit early in the season so that they – because their goal is always to go to the postseason. It's always to go deep in the postseason. Um, and I think that's what sets them apart. Yeah, you mentioned that offensive line. I mean, it has been the story here of the playoffs. Maybe sometimes not getting enough. Brady has not been sacked. I mean, Kansas City was a team that could put pressure on the quarterback, and Brady hasn't been touched. You know, How instrumental has that offensive line been? I mean, it's been incredible because, you know, it, <laughs> I always joke whenever there's a game, you're always, you're always saying, well, the key to the game is to put pressure on, on whatever the, whoever the quarterback is. That's the obvious, right? But with Brady, he's just, he performs at such a high level that pressure really can affect him. Um, but that offensive line really changed dramatically almost overnight. It was like in December, something changed. And, you know, Dante Scarnecchia is obviously um, the one to, to laud for this, but he, his main thing is just attention to detail and the basics. If they rely on the basics, they're going to be successful, and it sounds like that was really the mantra late in the season. I know this is uh, a little off topic. Have you ever seen the Titan games on TV? Yes. Oh, you've seen this. How do, you, how do people, I look at these people and I'm like, I can barely get out of bed half the time. <laughs> How do these people, I wonder whether they push your bodies to such a point to when it's almost not healthy. Is that, is that a possibility that their bodies could just break down because they're so uh, finely tuned that it, it works in the other direction? Absolutely. I mean, we, we talk about things like, I'm sure you've heard of tendonitis before, right? And that's a very common problem. People come in with Achilles tendonitis, biceps tendonitis, all kinds of things. And it's basically the rope that attaches the muscle to your joints or to your bones. So that they'll move. Well, tendonitis is actually a degenerative process in those tendons. So you're right. Some of these really highly trained athletes who are, who are training and, and stressing those muscles all the time, they really do do damage to the tendons. And that's when you start to see things like ruptures. And, you know, and then also when you get to these higher athletes, sometimes their nutrition is not appropriate. It's appropriate for them to look good and to perform well, but it's not really enough to nourish their soft tissues and and keep the body healthy. So yeah, joints take wear and tear. You definitely can overtrain. 
All right, Doc Jess Flynn, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great time at the Super Bowl, and I uh, hope your team wins. Thanks so much. Thanks All for right. having me. Talk to you soon. A little jealous, Rona's going to her first Super Bowl there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you said you were rooting for a team to win, but you're picking the Rams. I'm rooting for her. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm rooting you are for the rooting Rams, for the Rams in this game, right? I'm rooting for the Rams in this game, but I mean, me I'm friends with her. I mean, if her team wins, I would be happy for her. Yeah, nah, I'm rooting for the Rams. Don't you ever feel that way though? Like you're rooting? You're not, I'm not rooting against the Patriots, so am I? Are yes, you? you are. You're rooting for the Rams. You're against yeah. the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll talk more about who we're rooting for when we return right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. The DailyRoto.com partnership with Data Golf is back for 2019 with all new premium fantasy golf and betting tools. Check out the all new lineup optimizer with custom settings and advanced grouping, customizable projections for FanDuel and DraftKings, ownership projections, PGA finish probabilities and simulator, outright and top 20 market betting tools, head to head and three ball betting tools, PGA Pro tips, subscriber chats, and more. Go to dailyroto.com, click on Go Premium, choose golf, and enter the promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. That's dailyroto.com, click on Go Premium, click on golf, and then enter promo code GOLF19 for a 10% discount. Uh, Ronus, my friend, just sent me a picture. Oh my God, it looks... He has pants that are standing up outside. Damn. That's, that's how cold it is. Yeah, it, You really don't want to go outdoors in that type of weather. Actually, so, you know, it hasn't been as bad here. Standing, wait, he has no legs in them. The pants are just standing up on their own because it's damn. so cold. Yeah, it's, it really is. I mean, that's nuts. I mean, yesterday... So I tried to open my trunk yesterday and I couldn't. It was frozen. So today I'm driving and my trunk opened while I was driving. I, <laughs> so thank goodness I was like, you know, not on a main road and I could just quickly pull over and close it. But yeah, it is. Uh, and it's even worse in the central part of the company, I, a, a country. It's not too bad here. I mean, 16 degrees is bare, but it was like five this morning. But six, uh, minus 50 wind chill is insane. I mean, there was a picture of some guy in, was it Chicago, who threw hot water in the air and it evaporated. Yeah, it's that bad, man. Uh, this is the type of weather you really don't want to go outside. This is, uh, it's, you, hopefully you have a significant other now to keep warm. This, this is, is the time where you, you need to have someone. <laughs> right. It doesn't have to be a relationship, but you need someone. <laughs> right. I don't have to be with you next week, but at least for this week, right. I, I find now, you very you know, interesting. You're not going to go outside. You need some warmth. You got some time to kill. There you go. Can I tell you when else I felt like this? You want to you know? 9-11. 9-11. Yeah, that was uh, brutal. Uh, I felt like I needed to be with people. Were you in New York at that time? Mm-hmm. I was. Oh, you were living in New York then? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. We left in 2004. Oh, okay. 
but that I just felt like, you know, I needed to be with somebody then. Yeah, that was a rough time, especially for those that were uh, close by in New York. Yeah, so between that and, and then the wind chill of minus 400, I think I need to be with somebody at that time, too. <laughs> yeah, that would help. All right, so let's get back to, oh, you're talk, we're talking about the game. and, and re- So we've discussed this before this week, right, that I'm not against the Patriots. I'm just for the Rams. I think that there's a difference because sometimes I actively root against the team where I just don't want to see them and hate their guts. I, I don't feel that way here. I respect the Patriots. I just would like to see the Rams win. Yeah, me too. Uh, just not a hatred towards the Patriots. I respect everything they've done. Just kind of tired of seeing them there. Would like to see a different team win. And there are guys on the Rams that I do like and think they're a good story. So I'd just rather see them win. Patriots fans, Brady has won enough. I mean, think about the Boston area of how they never won. Now they win everything. Between the Red Sox, Red Sox used to never win. Now they're like a contender every year. They've won several World Series. Patriots are there every year. Uh, Celtics are in contention. It's crazy what hap- has happened in Boston sports. But you know, Boston fans, it's the Red, Red Sox are number one by far. Then the Patriots and the Celtics. Which is crazy because it didn't used to be like that. I know, but they just love their Red Sox. I mean, if they had it, you know, do you feel like if in New York, if they could just talk about one team, don't you think it would be the Yankees? Uh, pro- uh, probably, yeah. I think it's more of a baseball town. I mean, but I would think that the, the Kansas City is more of a football town. Yes. Right? I mean, does, does it depend on the town? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, obviously, I think New York's passionate about all sports, but uh, it seems like baseball is a little bit above the rest. You know what the biggest, uh, you, you mentioned New York is passionate about sports. It's very hard to be passionate about the Knicks. I mean, that team has just, is it James Dolan's fault that he's just a train wreck? Or why is it that when I was, years ago, the Knicks, being in Madison Square Garden was a place you'd want to be, dude. It was exciting. Now it's like, you gave me, if you gave me Nick tickets, I'd be like, eh, maybe. I mean, it still is, but to watch the opposition. I mean, we saw James right. Harden light them up last week. Uh, I think there was some excitement for Luka Doncic last night, even though he didn't play great and was Dennis Smith instead. Uh, but, yeah. And then, Who the Knicks could have drafted, by the way. Yeah, I think that's part of it. And then Kristaps Porzingis recently an article just posted, uh, like in the last 15 minutes, uh, is uh, worried about the direction of the team. And, you know, he's complained about it, openly met with the Knicks brass today. So... The problem is also is what free agents want to come to New York right now. And in the past, you would think, okay, this is a prime spot to go there and turn this franchise around. And that's going to be the key. Can they get that one big free agent to kind of start a trickle-down effect? So Do you know LeBron was actually considering New York? You know that, right? Yeah, I, you know, and I think a lot of people are probably like, why wouldn't he want to go there? But I, he already had a house in L.A. So right, I, no, I know he's going to LA, part, but New York was a finalist. I think I think there's a legitimate chance that Kevin Durant ends up with at the Knicks. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, that would be key. And then you know, can you get another one? Is Porzingis healthy? Does he stay? Uh, can Knox develop? So that's that's the big thing right now. Is can they get that big free agent? Obviously, they're going to be under the cap, and that's what they're hoping to get a big free agent or two. But it's been a pretty dormant period here uh, with the Knicks. Would you want to go to the Knicks? Because, I mean, look, if you're Durant, couldn't you go to New York and get a whole lot of money and endorsements? I mean, you'd be, you, his face would be on everything. 
Yeah, I mean, it depends if that's what he wants. And do you want to play in New York? Do you want to be in New York? For some people, it's not what they want. So you have to have that personality. You have to be able to embrace it. And if he did come here, there would also be a lot of pressure on him because people would expect him to turn this team around. So you have to be able to handle that. All I can tell you is if I was a free agent in the NBA, I'd want to go to the Eastern Conference because it'll be a whole lot easier to win than the Western Conference. Well, for now, I mean, I don't know. I don't think this Golden State will stay this way forever because I see Durant and Cousins leaving after this year. How about Clay Thompson going to the, to the Lakers? There you go. Then all of a sudden you're like, wait, what happened? <laughs> so <laughs> so for now, yeah, for this year, for sure. I mean, I, I don't see them losing the way they are playing and they're going to have the ability to rest players down the stretch. They just did the other day with Draymond Green. Uh, even though they're not running away with it, Denver is still there, but Golden State is going to be the top seed and it's going to be it's really difficult to see anyone knocking them off right now. Isn't that what makes the Patriots so amazing? That nine out of the last 18 Super Bowls they've been at? I mean, that when you, when you think about those numbers, the only team that comes, I mean, look, the Steelers had a great run. The Bills had a great run. The Cowboys had a great run. The Yankees in the past have had a great run. But nothing like this, dude. No, this is insane. And again, in a sport where... Injuries and staying healthy for a whole year are a big factor. Matchups play a role. The bounce of the football. You need a lot of things to go right. We can easily go back and point to so many games. Well, if this didn't happen, they would have lost. I mean, think about some of the Patriots Super Bowls where they've been kind of fortunate to win. We just discussed that historic comeback against Atlanta. They easily could have lost that game. They won a lot of these games in close fashion, but they keep finding ways to win and to get there. So uh, no matter how crappy the division is and i know a lot of people point to that you still have to win when you get to the playoffs and it's amazing uh that's why there's a lot of new england haters out there and i understand if especially if you're in a division with them and that's your team it's got to be gut-wrenching to see what they're doing but at the same time when you look at the whole big picture you have to respect what they're doing it's it's amazing that they can like every like this year i'm like you know what this is not the year and you can make a case that the two teams they just faced have more talent than them, and they still win. Ah, more talent. Yeah, you them. could say the Chargers and the Chiefs had more talent than New England. I think you can. I don't, I don't know case. about that. You can make I the case th- the Rams have more talent than them now. Look, Tom Brady is still the best player in football. And right, I, but that's I mean, Rob Gronkowski. You, Rob Gronkowski is still the he's greatest. He's not dominant player. anymore. He's not no, dominant. It, he's not. He's a great he player. Not, he's not dominant. He's good. He's not dominant. No, but okay, so let me put it to you this way. The Chiefs' weaknesses were tremendous. Their, pl- their strengths are huge, but their weaknesses are bad. See, I think of it this way, Adam. You're only as good as your worst player. And the Patriots' worst player is still pretty good. The Chiefs' worst player sucks. I don't know. I think, I, I think the Come Chiefs on, the have more is terrible. And, I don't know about that. The defense and is they, horrific. And the Chiefs took him to overtime in a game. Because of how the, good the offense was. No, because the Patriots ran a ton of plays and gassed them out. So right, that's kept what them. it was. They ran 94 plays to 47. And look what the because Chiefs did. Because you couldn't stop them on third downs. Because you ran the same defensive sets. Because you couldn't put pressure on the quarterback. Right. That's not you talent, stink. Doc. That's coaching. Because of lack of talent. But it's if, a lack of talent. If the Patriots had that much more talent than them, how did that game go to overtime? 
because Patrick Mahomes is a once-in-a-generational talent, and that is not no joke. He is a once-in-a-generational talent, and he did just enough with Williams and all these other guys to keep them in that game. That's how good he is. Any other quarterback in that game besides Mahomes, I think that team's losing by 20. I'll tell you that right now. I don't know by 20. Uh, The Chargers lost by 20. Yeah, I think that coaching was a big deal. Uh, The Patriots had two weeks to prepare. They were home. Chargers had to fly across the country again. Anthony Chargers have talent. You cannot tell me they don't have talent. Yeah, but you want Anthony Lynn in a big game. Seriously, you want him coaching your team in a big game. And again, that's not – see, and it's back to my point. We're not talking talent. We're talking coaching right now. I think it's also talent, too. I think they couldn't stop the run. Again, I've told you this before. The Patriots are a running football team. The Chargers can't stop the run. Neither can the Chiefs. The Rams can. It's going to change everything. You're going to watch a different Super Bowl. But the Patriots won the game in overtime on the arm of Brady. Right, but they dominated the game on on running plays and time of possession. Won't be able to do that They dominated so much it went to overtime. Look, are you are you telling me the Patriots' first half last week wasn't one of the greatest first halves you've ever seen a team play of football? I thought it was absolutely spe- spectacular. It they was, controlled the clock. They stopped Mahomes. They frushed. They came in the middle. Nobody comes to Mahomes. They come in the out. Every other team comes in the outside. The, the Patriots came right up the middle at Mahomes. He didn't even know how to get out of the way. And again, that comes down to coaching and scheme. It's not. It's not. And I'm not saying the Patriots don't have talent. I'm saying these other teams had more talent, and the Patriots still won. You telling me this is the most talented Patriots team they've no, had? No, no, no. I think this. I think the Patriots coaching staff gets the most out of their talent. They do the most out of their talent. Because uh, let me ask you this: How about this? Tell me one player on the defense that, that would be a star anywhere else on the Patriots defense. Yeah, nobody, right? Uh, a star, probably yeah. not. No. I mean, I mean, who's Gilmore's their best defensive player? Good. Gilmore's, Gilmore's good. good. Dante Hightower's good. Kyle Van Noy has turned good. But would any is anybody great? Or you're like, oh, this guy's great. Oh, my God. Don't throw it at Gilmore. You don't say that. No, Gilmore's been very good, though. Yeah, he's good. I mean, Kyle Van Noy is a good player. Look, Kyle Van Noy was a second-round pick of Detroit, and they gave up on him. What kind of idiots do that? Now the guy's playing great football. That's what happens. So the Patriots scoop up a lot of these guys. That's right. That's my and point. And they just so, plug them into the system, and they do well. And they do well because they're coached up, and they know how to get the most out of their talent. Look at that team. Half of these guys have been on other teams before, and they just take them and make them better. I know, and we see it across sports. There's certain teams that, that just do the right thing and have the right system in place, and it works out. You know, you come to the Patriots, you get better. How many guys leave the Patriots and get better? Brandon Cooks. Nah. <laughs> that, that, I guess that's an odd one, right? I don't know if he's better. He, he's not great for the Rams. He was good for the Saints. Uh, but, Tom, by, by the way, Brandon Cooks was a disaster, and there's one simple reason. Tom Brady couldn't reach him. Couldn't throw to him. Yeah, that, see, that's what amazes me. When you see the Patriots, it's not big plays. You know what they're going to do. And teams still can't stop them. It's short passes to White, short to Edelman. They don't take hardly any chances deep vertically. Do me a favor. Go watch every pass that Brady threw to Brandon Cooks last year. You'll find that he underthrew him half the time. Yeah. No, uh, arm strength is definitely diminished for sure. No. So, I mean, Cooks Cooks is actually a bad fit for that offense. Cooks are a really good fit for Goff, but I don't know if Goff is going to have enough time to throw. Yeah, also, too, the Patriots like to play a lot of man, and uh, Cooks struggles against man. The thing with Cooks is you have to jam him at the line of scrimmage, get physical with him. 
But I'll tell you this, J.C. Jackson, he holds on every play. He literally holds on every play. Gilmore is a good cover guy. The rest of these guys are not great. They make a lot of, they're very slimy. Yeah, and a lot of times they get away with it. Yep. Yeah, they, they go to the Joe Hayden school of uh, defense. There's he watch Joe Hayden play. He's yes. got his hands on you. Every, every play he's got his hands on somebody. How do you not call that? Well, they, they would have to throw a flag every single play. <laughs> I really think we're going to look back at this year and say this was the worst year of officiating. My prediction, Adam, is that there are going to be at least two bad calls in the Super Bowl. Two uh, bad either non-calls or calls. I hope you're not right on this one because, you know, that was just such a topic of discussion last week. It it took away from the games, and I understand the magnitude of the calls, but it would just suck. I'm hoping we avoid that. I just kind of want to see it def- decided on the field, and I hope we don't get any atrocious calls. But what we've seen this year, and specifically in the conference championship games, it wouldn't be a shock at all. I think Jackson's going to be either called for a P.I. or not called for a P.I., and it's going to make a difference in this game. Oh, could you imagine if it comes down to the like final play and there's a critical call missed or called? Oh, that's gonna suck. Did you see Roger Goodell? You know what's gonna happen? Like, yeah, go ahead. There'll be a pass interference that is called. That's kind of questionable, and then everyone will compare it to those Saints obvious one that wasn't called. Right. Well, did you see Goodell's like? Well, it's human error. I don't want to hear that. It's. I get that it's human error, but I don't want to hear that. Right. You need to have a, a better solution as someone who is in charge. You, you need to come up with something better. Look, Look, I know that, look, we're all fallible, and, and I get that. We make mistakes, but not at this level, not when, it, not when so much is riding here. I've got to be able to go back and look at that. I want to be able to throw a challenge flag and say, that was a bit, that was a bad blown call. Yeah, and I think almost everyone, maybe if you're a Rams fan, but even the defensive players for Rams knew that was a blown call. <laughs> right. I mean, when they're saying it, like, come on, it's pretty obvious. So that's something that should be... But I guess you open up uh, to the questionable calls. Like, what do you do then if you throw a flag and it's not clear? What are you going to do? Just go with the original call? You know, when I played volleyball, guys would know that they would carry the ball. But if the ref didn't call it, they would just keep on going. Oh, of and course. Be like, Dude, you know you carried it. Come on. And they're like, the ref didn't call it. So what am I going to do? Get angry at that guy? Of course I did. I'm like, dude, you should make your own call. But nobody would. Nobody hey, makes their own calls. When I play softball, we have one umpire behind home plate. If I make right. a diving catch in the outfield and I know I trapped it, I try and sell it like I caught it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't blame you. He's like four. He's 300 feet away. How can he tell? If I sell exactly. it right, he might say, yeah, out. <laughs> right. I don't blame you. All right. Real quick, dude. Who's coming up next hour? We got Frank Stample. You hear him here on FNTSY. We're going to talk some NBA with him coming up at 3.20 p.m. Eastern. I'll preview the night in NBA DFS as well. We got a six-game slate tonight, some interesting games. All right, and tomorrow we got Frankie Tadeo on from VegasWhispers.com, so we're looking forward to that. But uh, right now, this is Dr. Roto saying be well and take care. Stay tuned for another Adam, another hour with Adam on Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, guys, back right after this.